Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. All right, everyone. Today is a special episode, not because of the topic that we're going to be talking about, but because it is timely and it is based on a current event. Uh, I have joining me here on the podcast, Tiffany Young of Truth Talks with Tiff. Uh, That is a a great podcast. It's a lifestyle podcast where she talks about um, kind of a range of topics, wouldn't you say, Tiffany? Yes, definitely. Um, And so we are going to be talking about, I'm calling this episode, The Rittenhouse Privilege. So we are going to be talking about Friday. I believe it was Friday, right, Tiffany? Yes, Friday. So Friday, um, this verdict comes down from the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial. um, And... Yeah, we're going to get into this. Uh, and I think it's very relevant to this podcast because we're talk. you know, here we talk about mental health for folks of color. Um, I was sharing with Tiffany before we got on here kind of how my mental health has been doing because of this. And um, I think a lot of the listeners will resonate. So to start out, I'm going to read a summary from a uh, article that is on, uh, I found it on Yahoo. The article is by Stephanie Willis, kind of just given her take and summary on what is going on here. Quote, Kyle Rittenhouse being found not guilty on all counts after more than 24 hours of deliberations can be summed up with one simple phrase, white privilege. It's an all too familiar theme we witness when white defendants are on trial for killing us. The privilege that Rittenhouse displayed and benefited from, however, was clearly on another level. I dare say Kyle Rittenhouse was cloaked with a privilege you cannot find in any legal precedent, the Rittenhouse privilege. Throughout the trial, there were instances in which it was quite apparent that the scales of justice tipped in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's start with the jury makeup. After the jury process, 18 individuals were selected to listen to the trial. Of these 18 individuals, 12 were selected at random by the defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse, to deliberate. These individuals consisted of seven women and five men. Only one was a person of color. The next thing to consider is the venue. The case was tried in Kenosha, which, according to census data, is over 75% white. In the past, Kenosha County voted Democratic, but went for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. It is also particularly important to consider the fact that Wisconsin is a gun-friendly state. But we must also ask ourselves, gun-friendly toward whom? We saw how law enforcement drove past Rittenhouse, a then 17-year-old not adhering to the curfew, who had just shot and killed Anthony Huber, age 26, and Joseph Rosenbaum, age 36, and injured Gage Grosskreutz, pardon me if I messed up that name, uh, age 36. They drove past him, but didn't think twice about firing their artillery at Jacob Blake. One 
would have thought because the victims in this case were white, this case would be open and shut. But the victims who were in Kenosha to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake were villainized and treated in an all too familiar manner. But in this case, the victims were not black. By order of Judge Bruce Schroeder, the victims in this case would not be referred to as victims by the prosecution throughout the trial. Kyle Rittenhouse was charged with seven counts. The state of Wisconsin had the burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Rittenhouse committed the seven counts, which included first-degree intentional homicide with a dangerous weapon. However, before the jury even began deliberating, two of the seven counts, possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18 and failure to comply with emergency order, were dismissed by the judge. When claiming self-defense, the defendant cannot be the aggressor. It was necessary for the jury to find Rittenhouse believed there was an unlawful threat to him and that the amount of force he used was reasonable and necessary. This is why Rittenhouse testified incessantly that he used force necessary to remove the threat to him. But none of the victims who were killed were armed. Rittenhouse brought a gun to a fist fight. Rittenhouse cried his crocodile tears, used his privilege, and convinced the jury that he was walking around in Kenosha past curfew with an AR-15 because he was trying to deliver medical aid. The Rittenhouse privilege has set a precedent. There is now legal precedent which permits individuals to claim self-defense in the most outrageous of cases. Be forewarned, this precedent will only extend to individuals who can claim the Rittenhouse privilege, end quote. So yeah, that, uh, that summary of what's going on here um, did a great job of describing what we're dealing with. Um, Tiffany, what are your initial emotional reactions to this verdict? Honestly, I had prepared myself for this verdict, and it sounds bad, but the way the justice system is, I no longer have trust that they will uphold those that are, like, in this situation, Kyle Rittenhouse, uphold them in their wrong. Um, I was to a point where I would have been more shocked had he been found guilty. I would have been like surprised, like, oh, wow, they actually did what they were supposed to do. Justice was actually served. But when the verdict came down, I was like, wow, here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah. And it it was like, I was just very sad. Like, it's hard to explain just the emotions of being kind of desensitized because it happened so often. Mm-hmm. Kind of it's jaded. Like, yeah, kind of jaded for sure. And um, when the, cause like I have Apple news on my phone. So mm-hmm. when the notification popped up on my phone and I saw, I was just like, wow, I knew that's, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And it's sad that our justice system has come to, well, it's always been to this point where we know based on who the person is, we know what the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. 
So with Kyle Rittenhouse, just looking at him and the way that he was portrayed, they kind of made him the innocent one. Mm -hmm. Um, using the terms like boy and different things to make him innocent, Mm. especially in the eyes of the jury. Yeah. My thing was this young man traveled to Kenosha. He wasn't, he didn't live, and I'm, I can't remember specifically, but I don't know if he was even a resident of that state. Um, but he, he, I believe he traveled to this protest, right? Like he was, he he, um, and so that part right there, um, you know, my logic would say, well, you came here, um, with a gun. And if I'm not mistaken, based off of sharing from the, the article, um, you're also not old enough to be operating that um, due to your age and just the way that um, everything is written. Um, But you you traveled intentionally here, and I don't know about you. Have you ever taken first aid training? Yes. Okay, so when I go to first aid training, um, I've had to do it several times because I'm a therapist. I think, you know, usually they may give you like a first aid kit to keep handy at your job site or something like that. I don't remember an AR-15 being part of um, my kit for um, uh, rendering, you know, medical aid. Do you? No, and it's nowhere in the course either. Okay. I just I just wanted to refresh my memory because um, mm-hmm. it's been a minute since I've, you know, re-upped that training. Um, so... By his reports, first of all, you don't live here, so why are you here? Second of all, um, how? It, I mean, I don't go to the doctor, and Doctor Jenkins doesn't have like a, a gap with him when he comes in to you know do my annual physical. Um, so I'm I'm that part doesn't. There's a lot of there's a lot that doesn't make sense. Um, we can go on and on about that, but. Um, The thing that really punches me in the gut, and I was telling Tiffany listeners before we got on here, this is a very emotionally charged for both of us. Um, I've kind of, you know, been through an emotional roller coaster the past couple of days since this has happened. But um, it's the it's the self-defense scope of it. And I see that because, you know, uh, different parts of the country, you know, there's there, there are sects of people who, you know, uh, are very much into, you know, protecting their Second Amendment rights and all of that. And that's a whole nother thing. Um, different people believe different things. The self-defense part, though, is what does not compute with my mind. Because I perceive self-defense as somebody's breaking into your house or um, you're out and about and somebody tries to do something to harm you. This man came to this protest with a gun. I don't understand how anybody can interpret this as self-defense. And what comes to mind for me is... um, 
well, you know, self-defense is very um, slanted in the direction of white privilege because I think of Trayvon Martin. Uh, it was a similar situation where we basically have like a vigilante type person with a gun. And if I'm not mistaken, George Zimmerman is still a free man to this day, right? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. So it, I think my reaction emotionally um, to try to be concise is that when decisions like this are made, it makes me think, well, damn, I could just be a person, you know, uh, living my life and someone can feel threatened by me and they do something to um, it, self-defense. Uh, according to them, they, they, my presence is, uh, perceived as a threat to them and my life can end and they can keep living their life. That's truly what these sort of verdicts make me feel like. Do you have any like commentary on that, Tiffany? Yes. So the, um, I I guess they call it stand your ground. Mm -hmm. Um, like, so for Wisconsin, I found an article article where it said a person may employ deadly force against another if the person reasonably believes that force is necessary to protect a third person or oneself from imminent death or great bodily harm without incurring civil liability for injury to the other. Mm. So the Rittenhouse defense definitely took that and drilled that into him to use that as his defense and reason mm-hmm. for acting out the way he did. But why did he need, what was it? An AK? Uh, uh, AR-15. AR-15. AR I know nothing okay. about guns. So just throw some letters and numbers together. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it was, a, yes, it was the AR-15 that he used. So with him going to Kenosha, to the protest, he was supposedly defending a car dealership or something mm-hmm. from from the protesters. And he said he was also going to offer aid. Um, why? I don't know why he felt the need to um, have the AR-15 with him. Um, there's there's other forms of defense he could have had, like mace or something like that, mm-hmm. or taser. But an AR-15? That. But also... Yeah, and the what you read, I, I'm glad that you um, quoted the like actual like law for Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin, right? Yes, Wisconsin. Um, and so the whole like the, the bodily harm part. When I shared earlier about the situation, neither of the two people that he killed were armed. Um, right. So I'm wondering what kind of bodily harm someone can really do to you. Like in the the article that I shared, it was like you brought a gun to a, a fist fight. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, it could like if you felt that your safety was um, in jeopardy. My first thought is, why are you here? You don't live here. You don't need to be here. Um, but my second question is, if you feel so compelled to go to this protest, um, I, it just doesn't compute to me. You're delivering medical aid, but if you got to kill somebody, like keep your medical aid, <laughs> keep your medical exactly. aid. If, cause I don't think that's good medical aid if bodies are dropping, but that's just my two cents. Um, 
listeners, this this is all dripped heavy in sarcasm. Y'all know how I do. Um, but the thing that really, you know, this is nuanced, but and Tiffany and I were talking about this before I hit record. It's this we 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 become jaded to this as people of color and just like Tiffany had said, she expected this outcome um, because it's how things happen. Like we, we saw what happened with the Breonna Taylor case last year and how there's no justice. And, um, but I think, you know, going back to the self-defense part, um, something that has to be said is the fact that black people were perceived as threatening before we open our mouth. My simple existence as a melanated person is a threat, according to a lot of people and according to the climate that um, uh, the previous president has made this sort of stuff thrive in, right? Um, And so I think, well, you know, I'm black. I can't control that. I'm also six foot five. So just by my mere height, uh, it could be intimidating, um, even though I'm a gentle giant. Um, And then add in, you know, um, stigma and perceptions that people have of the fact that I have dreadlocks. So I have dreadlocks. I'm black. I'm very tall. Um, So even if I don't open my mouth, a lot of people perceive me as very threatening. Um, And more so the fact that my skin color is perceived as a threat. Um, I think I just say all of this to say, like, for those who are listening who aren't, uh, you know, black, it truly does feel like we're under attack um, and we're targets. And I think even with black women and Tiffany, you can attest to this. It's that people have a perception of you before you open your mouth with that, you know, angry black woman trope. So you want to elaborate on that? Yes. Like I've had um, a few people say to me, um, actually, not long ago, this girl I was talking to and she's white. She said, I was just so shocked about how nice you are. Like shocked that I'm nice. Why? Like why? She said, I don't know. It's, it's just she said, don't take it the wrong way. But if you have to that- say don't take it the wrong way, don't say it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No offense. If you have to say no offense or don't take it the wrong way, you're about to put your foot in your mouth. But continue. Exactly. But she's like, yeah, don't take it the wrong way. But I was just shocked by how nice you are. And I didn't know how to take that because, like, that's all, like, she left it at that. I guess she saw the look on my face because, like, I was just confused. Like, why are you surprised that I'm nice? And she thought she paid you a compliment. Really? She really did. She was real pleased with herself. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. But like you, you didn't explain why you were thinking that I would be like mean. Mm. And like, it's such a shock that I'm nice. Like, it's just like, yeah, I was just surprised how nice you are. Okay. Yeah. And that's what a lot of black women have to deal with. Like just our presence seems to intimidate. Mm-hmm. And when we show like who we are and like, even like the way we speak, mm-hmm. like I've had people say to me, like the way I speak, they're shocked by the way I talk. Mm-hmm. What's that supposed to mean? 
You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just so many things like these preconceived ideas that people have about black women. Mm -hmm. And when we aren't that, what they have made up in their minds about us, they're shocked. Mm -hmm. And then when they tell us about that, they think it's a compliment. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of reflected on, okay, well, I'm tall, I'm black, I got locks, like, some people may perceive me as a threat just from my general like appearance, right? Before I'm even near you, before I open my mouth, before anything. How does this verdict like impact your sense of safety, Tiffany? Because of the way I've seen a lot of um, the people on the media reacting to it, like um, that representative Gates and mm -hmm. others, it's normalizing it. It's saying that, okay, this is the call out. Like, it's okay. It's okay to do this. Mm -hmm. Just use that stand your ground law. If you're in a state that has that law, like Florida, where Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman, mm -hmm. as long as you have that self-defense to back you up, you're good. And as long as you have the right skin, you're good. The white skin. Yes. Oh, did I, did I, did I, did I overstep there? No, it's the truth. And because <laughs> we have to acknowledge it. People are afraid to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you acknowledge that, that there is in the justice system inequality and, and disparities when it comes to race, we're causing division and discord. Mm -hmm. No, we're acknowledging that this is the fact. This is how the justice system was built. It was built on inequality. Mm -hmm. That's and, just the fact. And white people recoil um, at the word privilege um, yes. because it makes uh, it, it shows inequality uh, and it disrupts the sense of peace or um, you know, the status quo. I always tell people like privilege is something that we don't have control over. Right. Like right. we're privileged that we live in the United States and not like a third world country. So we all have privilege. Um, Tiffany, you and I are both college educated. We have the privilege of education. Right. Um, yes. Privilege in and of itself is not a bad thing. It privilege is basically this is an advantage, uh, you know, like I said, for us living in the United States, being born here or. Um, you know, being able to have access to education and stuff like that. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Just like being born white. I mean, just like we don't choose to be born black, which, you know, I love me some melanin. Um, yes. But um, white people don't choose to be born white. However, um, just like being born in a, uh, the United States, there is a, a very clear privilege that comes with being a white person, especially being a white male. Um, and so there's a lot of recoil when the word privilege is, is said. And I always tell people privilege in and of itself is not the problem. The problem is when that privilege is turned into entitlement, um, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. So privilege being a white male, hey, I, I you had no control over uh, being a male or being white. That's your privilege. Okay. You have no control over the fact that this country has a racist past and the system is uh, set to make you thrive, right? Entitlement right. is when it's like you have that privilege and you use it 
to harm or to um uh to basically to harm i think that's the the simplest thing um and also entitlement is something that a lot of white people you know don't like to hear um and i i think that those two different terms and how um it's applied there is very important so when we say like the privilege, okay, white male privilege, we know about that, but it's the entitlement, the entitlement that I can take a gun to a town that I don't even live in because gun rights, because, you know, this and that. And the everyone's seen the picture of Kyle Rittenhouse swaggering down the street with his gun. Um, and we're going to get into the the contrast that we saw in the courtroom later. Um, mm -hmm. But th yeah, that's why we're calling this episode the, the Rittenhouse uh, privilege because it, it's, it goes deeper than just the fact that this isn't fair. People of color, we know it's not fair. We were conditioned to that. It's just the, how the scales are really, going into an extreme you'd think like after trayvon martin that these things would be like less likely to happen but because of the political climate and um you know the loudest voices and all of this like getting their way it's it's not even a political thing it's a your beliefs you're entitled to them but your beliefs and the execution of those beliefs can end my life i think that's what i'm I'm sitting with. Does, does that, do you feel that way too, Tiffany? Most definitely. Most definitely. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think they realize that. So when we bring up the white privilege and everything, I feel as though they think we're just trying to separate us from them and we're trying to cause a big fuss. And it's really that this, this is our lives at, mm -hmm. at stake like this is deadly mm -hmm. and they they want to say well hands up don't shoot all those cliche things to say and if you do the right thing you won't what nothing will happen to you well brianna taylor was asleep mm -hmm. in her house Andrew was in custody so it's so it's so many that have unfortunately lost their lives doing what they were supposed to do so what do you say about that that's irrelevant because uh, with these two people who were murdered, um, they didn't have firearms. Um, right. And so, and the, um, when I was reading the, the snippets from the article, it was talking about like the self-defense, uh, the, the statute says you can't be the aggressor. Isn't an AR-15, uh, doesn't AR stand for assault rifle? I think it does. Uh, okay. Look yeah, I mean, so, again, we don't know nothing about guns. I, so, I, I'm just saying, I think AR stands for assault rifle. Um, if I'm wrong, don't judge me, listeners. Um, but how are you not the aggressor if you bring an assault rifle? I'll wait on an answer to that one. Um, so, yeah, the whole, like, 
you know, show your hands or, uh, you know, black people were used to, um, you know, in my car, I don't have my registration and uh, insurance and stuff like that into the glove compartment. It's right up in the visor. Um, I'm not even playing with having to reach for anything, right? Um, mm -hmm. If I get pulled over, I'm going to announce everything that I do. Um, and side note, listeners, um, there's a really good app um, that I have on my phone. It is called um, Mobile Justice by the ACLU. Um, if you're looking for it in the app store, it is, I believe, a blue background with a red uh, fist. Um, download that. It's a really good app because it, if you're in a situation where you're being discriminated against or if you're just dealing with law enforcement, it's you tap the app, you hit record, you can preset it to where um, I think one or two people or more um, will receive a link to a live stream. And as it's recording, um, it's being uploaded to the ACLU. So other people are alerted that you may be in a situation that they need to pay attention to. And um, it's just another sense of accountability. So um, like I was saying about the, you know, just being a person and feeling having to be extra cautious, I know for me, I even with the app, I'm afraid because I know in my car, if I trigger that app, I have to set my phone up on the dashboard so it can record the interaction. And I'm afraid even just to will I be able to get that set up fast enough before the police officer gets to my window so it doesn't look like I'm doing something. Um, but that's the state that we live in um, and, as black people. And um, I share all of that one. Get that app if you don't have it. It's uh, really good. But two, we really do feel um, vulnerable in this country. So um, kind of to shift gears, I want to get Tiffany's thoughts on this. Um, so quote, or not quote, but when questioned after the verdict, our president, uh, Joseph Biden, initially said, quote, I stand with what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. He later said, while the verdict in Kenosha um, will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. So the first part is uh, when he said, I stand by what the jury has concluded, the jury system works and we have to abide by it. This was, I think he had just found out about the verdict and he wasn't briefed or really knew much about it. Um, and Joe Biden is not like the most like, uh, I wouldn't say tactful, but he's kind of goofy sometimes in how he responds to things. So if we're given the yeah. benefit of the doubt, okay, you were kind of caught off guard with this question or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. but for me, obviously, and for people of color, we know that the, when he says the jury system works and we have to abide by it, that right there, uh, felt and I know his intention isn't to hurt us, but we know that to be a goddamn lie, pardon my French, that the ju jury system works. It's just, it's not, that is not reality for um, those of us who are not basically white men. Um, and then the second quote is, I'm kind of reiterating, but while the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, and then he says, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. Um, now granted, we're all 
you know, emotionally vulnerable right now and things like that. But the part that really, uh, first of all, this quote was to basically backtrack because he messed up when he said his initial Mm -hmm. remarks. But the self, the part with uh, angry and concerned myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. So it's kind of like, I have so many thoughts on that one, and I'm going to pick your brain about it too, Tiffany. But when he says myself included, I'm like, you're a politician, wealthy, white male, protected by you. You will never be in this a situation where your life is in danger like most of us are. So the myself included. But also, how do you and I'm getting really emotional now, but this is part of the power of a podcast we get to have real conversations um yes but but how how can you say i stand by what the jury has concluded the justice system works and we have to abide by it um and then say i'm angry and i'm concerned but then at the very end of the same sentence say we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken to me that's like it's kind of like if, um, you know, someone says, uh, I'm sorry for doing something. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm sorry that I, um, I don't know, ran over your football. But you suck at football anyway. That That's what this feels like to me. So, and, and I know I'm giving like a simplistic explanation, but it really... The, it's like oil and water. These statements in the same sentences don't go together. You can't be angry, concerned, and empathetic to how people of color feel, but then say that the jury system works because you and I, Tiffany, know that that's bullshit. Um, exactly. It doesn't work for people who look like us. It may work for people who look like you, President Biden, but it does not work the same way for people like us. So what are your thoughts on that? Because... I need to breathe a minute. I'm really um, charged on that one. Yes, like you were saying, the the way he backtracked it, mm-hmm. it still was in favor of the justice system. Mm-hmm. Although he said, "Yeah, I, I'm how, how where's the quote? Hold on, let me find it." He said, um, "We'll leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included. We must." acknowledge that the just the jury has spoken so right there the jury has spoken so we must acknowledge that the jury was spoken so basically saying justice was served and it wasn't mm-hmm. and so he just like kind of re- reworded what he said previously mm-hmm. so and I, this is definitely pr this is for optics this is not um you know, this isn't to, to I guess, make anybody feel better. It's his advisors told him, hey, you fucked up when you said that initial thing. Black people are going to be mad with you. So mm-hmm. release another statement. But then you messed it up again because you just said the same thing, but with different words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's basically what he said, because he knows the justice system is flawed. Now, mm-hmm. is he going to really not? Because here he tried to acknowledge it, but then at the end of it, he just ruined it mm-hmm. <laughs> with that 
the jury was has spoken. So we have mm-hmm. to acknowledge that the jury has spoken. So we just have to just let Kyle go on his happy, merry way and move on to the next thing because this is a cycle. It's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So then he'll be putting out another statement saying the jury has spoken. We have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. What is going to change? Yeah. And the um, the thing that I I think that both of us have been talking about is that when we say it sets a precedent, it means when someone gets away with something once, the next time it happens, because it will happen again, um, the lawyers, that's how, that's how law is built upon. Um, lawyers usually, their defense is, oh, in the case of, I'm literally just using our last names, Young versus Anderson, this was what was determined, right? Um, and so if something was allowed to slide then, that is the next person who does its defense. So because this white man has done this, it's literally the 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 written house precedent. This is what this is fuel. And so it's not even just that an injustice has happened here. It's that now the floodgates are open for this con- to continue to happen because um yeah. And then, you know, going back to the part of, you know, the jury has spoken or the jury system works and we have to abide by it. Um, I direct you back to when I was sharing the the um, the article earlier, the jury was made up at a very slanted um, representation, but also and I don't know much about law, but um, the, the fact that the, the jurors were handpicked by Rittenhouse, I don't know what the rules are on that. But um, the fundamental fairness of the jury system, again, could be a whole nother podcast, book, series, encyclopedia. We don't have time for that. Um, but it it doesn't sit right with me because we see all of the, the advantages. And had the, the tables been turned and had this been a black man, uh, I'm sorry, a black teenager, a black 17-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, he wouldn't have lived to make it to trial because they would have gunned him down um, in the street. Um, for simply for, I don't know, having a bag of Skittles in his pocket, uh, not even having a gun. But we we digress. Um, but the... Uh, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm so... I'm so overwhelmed by this, but I'm sure the listeners are picking up what I'm putting down. Definitely. And it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So, um, I think it just, it, it's again, going back to that sense of personal safety, like, um, you know, when it used to be, um, and Tiffany, maybe you can attest to this when we were younger, it used to be like, okay, when the president says something, it makes the kids feel better, right? Like if something bad happens and the president gets on to you, this is a tragedy, um, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, there was a sense of, okay, there are people working on this. This is bad, but like the president's going to take care of it, right? Like as children, we kind of have that like, okay, it's in good hands, right? That all went out of the window. Um, obviously, as we get older, we become more, you know, cynical and like aware of what, what it really is. Um, that all went out of the window with Donald Trump because 
he didn't give us words of comfort or anything. He literally used Twitter to um, incinerate everything. Like uh, there was, yeah, it was just like, it, it was agitating. It wasn't any sort of like, uh, and and even with Joe Biden, I wasn't expecting him to be like, uh, you know, an emotional, you know, because he has to have his optics and everything. But I'm like, Mm-hmm. Don't don't say anything at all if you're gonna say justice was served, right? Um, what would hear what Trump had to say? He put a statement out, and I'm sure you've probably seen it. I haven't. Um, so educate okay. me. So here's the statement. So the good thing about anything from Trump is that I already have a um, program in my mind that like looks at it as like um, uh, like fiction. Uh, so anything that comes out of his mouth is kind of like, oh, it's not emotionally charged because he's a dumbass. Uh, but please, please elaborate with that. So this is what he said. He sent out a statement after, um, the verdict was given. So statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. So congratulations to Kyle Rittenhouse for being found innocent of all charges. Yeah. Congratulations. That's what he said. It's called being found not guilty. And by the way, if that's not self-defense, nothing is. See, this I... like this gets all of the people that are the don't tread on me, gun rights, you know, Trump support, like all of this like dangerous far right people. This riles them up. It does. And this is why then like after him, that's why that representative came out and another one backpedaled off that representative that offered Kyle Rittenhouse the internship in Congress. He mm-hmm. said, I'm going to fight you to have him. So um, Dr. Paul Goser, he said, um, I will arm wrestle Matt Gates, the representative that said that to get dibs for Kyle as an intern. Wow. And I think you have a sound clip to share, right? I do. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, here it is. I'll play it now. He is not guilty. He deserves a not guilty verdict. And I sure hope he gets it because you know what? Kyle Rittenhouse would probably make a pretty good congressional intern. We may reach out to him and uh, see if he'd be interested in helping the country uh, in in additional ways. Did this man just say help the country in additional ways? In additional ways. He sure did. (sighs) He's like the poster boy for them now. Too bad a podcast can't have like a blood pressure monitor or like a heart rate. Cause if I had some, like if I had an Apple watch or something right now and was able to like share with y'all, my entire being is just. It's like, you just have no words. Yeah. Because we know how the system is. We know that there's an undercurrent of racial tension Mm -hmm. in the United States. But still, when you see stuff like this happen, it's like no words. I I just feel very like, and this it, coming from a therapist, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be like, oh, well, you know, it gets better and things like that. Like the past couple of years, my clients know I'm like, yeah, life sucks. The shit's fucked up. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I am I keep it honest with people because I can't lie. I have to be genuine. 
Um, right. We, we are left feeling very hopeless. And we knew that our value as people of color was less than, um, according to the powers that be. But when we're constantly bombarded and shown like, hey, look what I did. And, like, there's people out here saying, like, oh, let's hire him as an intern. Like, what? and the the man said he's what more he can do for the country. I was like, you're empowering people to think I can be a vigilante and it's a good thing. This is why when I see – you live in Maryland, right, Tiffany? No, I live in Delaware. Okay, you're in – same vicinity. Um, in Virginia, we have these, uh, license plates that say, don't tread on me. And I'm not here to shit on gun rights or whatever, but because of how it's been used by the Trump supporters and just like the, the, the people who believe gun rights, despite, you know, personal safety and things like that, those types of people, each time I see one of those license plates, I tense up. It's, it's conditioned me to think this person may not believe that my life value it has value. Um, I don't know if they have those in, in Delaware, like those uh, specialty license plates. Um, but, I haven't seen. Yeah, well, we have them in Virginia, and it's basically like bright yellow and the snake, you know, the don't tread on me flag, right? Um, and so I see those, and um, – it's just we've got an environment and a climate that just really, um, if I think about it for any amount of time, I really, truly feel hopeless and like, um, you know, vulnerable um, and fun or not fun tidbit. But I've literally seen one of those don't tread on me license plates that said um, so in Virginia, we get seven characters on the license plate Um and then the, for that license plate, the snake is in the middle. So you could put three letters on one side and three on the other side. Um, and so the license plate said Ray on one side and then Sis on the other side. So it said racist on a don't yeah. tread on me license plate. Um, and so I think that's this is the environment. These are the precedents that we're setting. And I'm just, I don't know. I mean, as you would think, as time goes on, things would get better. But the older I get, the more scared I am for my longevity, just for existing. Um, and that's pretty scary. But to shift gears a little bit, let's get petty, um, Tiffany. So uh, as a therapist and former actor, uh, I I did theater when I was in high school. So I consider myself a former actor. Um, I saw right through Mr. Rittenhouse's uh, tearful performance as the verdict was read. I, I mean, as a, as a profession, I read people, uh, their emotions and things like that. I have my thoughts on his, you know, as they were reading the verdict and how he performed. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts, Tiffany? I saw right through it. Like, um, my Jima actually said, oh, Tiff, I, I kind of feel bad for him. I said, Grandma, don't fall for that. Wow. Yes. She was like, oh, no, that's what he wants. That's what he wanted. He wanted to evoke that emotion of, oh, he's the poor innocent boy who they're taking to the stand 
for something that he saw as protecting himself. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I did not feel bad for him. And then to see the pictures of them leaving from the Wasn't he posted up with the judge in a picture? He was. And then he was also smiling in the car. Wow. I will smiling. always ever see him as that shot of him with his green shirt on walking down the street with that gun, like with swagger. Like, yeah, I did it. What? Yeah. I can't buy that performance. Um, no. That, yeah. So I said, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit and be petty. Because anybody who believes that he was really struggling and suffering, um, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. But that that right there was as as fake as fake can be. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, this is one of those things where, um, we don't really have a fun conclusion, but I'm going to just ask a, a a question to you, Tiffany. And then I have a, uh, a something I'm going to share at the end to kind of close this out. But as far as having hope in the future, Tiffany, where do we go from here? Well, for on... One aspect I do want to um, speak on is making sure you get out here and vote. Yes, mm-hmm. the protesting is good, but you also need to vote not just in the major elections, like we're we're voting for the president mm-hmm. and the vice president, so the federal elections, but the state elections, the mm-hmm. municipal elections, all of those. Every time. You need, you need to vote because those state elections are so important. That's where judges are appointed Mm -hmm. and state officials, all of that. And that's where the power really is Mm -hmm. in the judicial system, as we see with this trial, like the way the judge was, he, I, I could do a whole podcast about him. Mm. But anyway, um, I look forward to hearing your, your episode. I know over on truth talks with Tiff, you're going to have some things to add about this as well. So, um, But make sure you get out and vote. Yes. It's very important. And like a lot of times we want to feel as though our our votes don't count, but especially at at the state level, your votes, your vote does count. Mm -hmm. It really does. And um, I just want to leave y'all with this verse. um, Where is I just lost my point. I'm sorry. It's okay. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Okay. Psalms. 37:28 says for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones they are preserved forever but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off mm. and so when the verdict was read not guilty i immediately thought of this verse mm. and i said even though there's here we go again justice wasn't served we serve a God that is just. Mm. And though he might not see justice here, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's going to have to face God one day. Mm -hmm. It it depends on your beliefs, but how I believe is that he will have to face God one day and God is just. Mm. Or he might get some street justice. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. You were having a moment with the spirit and I was just... Continue. No, because you know people are still gunning <laughs> for George. They're not playing about him. That's why he be in. He's in hiding. Mm. Him and Casey Anthony. A lot of them are. Mm. 
Yeah. But um, definitely, like, if he doesn't get himself together, like, just the gloatingness, like, in that smile and that picture, oh, it just grated my skin. Mm. He doesn't see that he did anything wrong. No. Taking those two lives and injuring that one, the other man, he doesn't see that as wrong. So he's yeah. never going to be like, oh, um, I'm wrong and facing the facts. So mm-hmm. he's going to, he's definitely going to um, face justice, godly justice. And that's worse than anything he could face on earth. And um, in circumstances like these, like we feel hopeless and we feel like, well, will things ever get better? Mm-hmm. And I hate to say this. They're not. They're not mm. going to get better. The Bible says things are going to continue to get worse. Mm. And um, but we have the hope and knowing that we do serve a God that is just. And there's a there's another scripture in Isaiah that talks about um, him consuming those that are against the just. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. Isaiah forty twenty, mm-hmm. it says, um, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of earth? It is he who sits above the circle of earth and all its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain and mm-hmm. spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless scarcely shall they be planted scarcely shall they be sown scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he will also blow on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble Mm. so like seeing verses like that it's like these people are playing yeah they're playing a dangerous game here because as much as a lot of them they they proclaim to be christians and everything the fruit the fruit is not showing mm. because if they were who they say they were, the justice system would not be where it is today. Yeah. We still wouldn't be dealing with things that we've been dealing 60 years ago. Yeah, definitely. That change. Yeah. And so Tiffany gave y'all some church on something more positive to think on. I don't have those words, so I'm going to end with a, uh, I guess I call it a poem. It is my favorite part of the song, I Can't Breathe by Her. Um, If you haven't heard that song, definitely check it out. But um, it's like the spoken word part of the song. And uh, I'm just going to read this, and that's going to be the conclusion. Um, So here we go. Quote, trying times all the time, destruction of minds bodies, and human rights. Stripped of bloodlines, whipped and confined, this is the American pride. It's justifying a genocide, romanticizing the theft and bloodshed that made America the land of the free. To take a black life, land of the free, to bring a gun to a peaceful fight for civil rights, you are desensitized to pulling triggers on innocent lives because that's how we got here in the first place. These wounds sink deeper than the bullet your entitled hands could ever reach. Generations and generations of pain, fear, and anxiety. Equality is walking without intuition, saying the protector and the killer is wearing the same uniform. The revolution is not televised. 
media perception is forced down the throats of closed minds, so its lies in the headlines and generations of supremacy, resulting in your ignorant, privileged eyes. We breathe the same, and we bleed the same, but still, we don't see the same. Be thankful we are God-fearing, because we do not seek revenge. We seek justice. We are past fear. We are fed up eating your shit, because you think your so-called black friend validates your wokeness and erases your racism. That kind of uncomfortable conversation is too hard for your trust fund pockets to swallow, to swallow the strange fruit hanging from my family tree because of your audacity to say all men are created equal in the eyes of God, but disparage a man based on the color of his skin. Do not say you do not see color. When you see us, see us. We can't breathe. End quote. Yeah, so powerful. <sighs> so thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining me for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today.